Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. A radio show host called Paul Gallant. It's Paul Gallant. Polly G Show. He's the best in Houston. The most interactive sports radio show in Houston. Oh, what's good, my man? How you doing, Paul? What are you doing, Paul? Join the devastation by dialing or texting 713-780-3776. I love the show. Y'all keep it up. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's Paul Gallant. You are definitely living in the hindsight world today, Paul. Hello and welcome aboard the Paul Gallant Show on this Thursday, February 8th of 2024. I am Paul Gallant and this is the most interactive sports talk show in Houston live by Radio Row from a non-handicapped bathroom stall. Yes, we are still here. No one has found our location. We had to move to a different bathroom because the Michael Lombardi interview got us a little bit of heat. I don't know if there was a snitch or something, but we got Sean Mapes back in Mission Control. Sean, we are in a stall. I know a lot of people see the YouTube. You had ESPN Houston. You see the Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. You're like, hey, no, Paul, you're clearly in studio. Nope, we have amazing technology here, but this is a different bathroom stall. And I got to say, this bathroom... It's a little bit smellier. Yes, much much smellier. And people have often underrated our uh, our uh, deep fake abilities here at ninety seven five. Mm-hmm. And so that's uh, what the lovely listener. Well, not the listeners. The mostly are in their car in the radio, sitting by the radio. But uh, what all the wonderful people on YouTube are seeing is. Uh, uh, the fruits of our deep fake technology. Right, 100%. We're in 2024, baby. And speaking of deep fake technology, when we do interviews, we would never do deep fake technology on Radio Row. Today, guestless show, but tomorrow we're efforting to get <gasps> Tucker Carlson. We can finally have that chat that we've needed for a couple of years. We're efforting to get Donald J. Trump. You're probably thinking to yourself, Paul, that has nothing to do with the Super Bowl. But you know what? you got to give us some credit. You gotta give this show some credit because while we're at Radio Row, we have not talked a lot of Super Bowl over the course of this week. I think that we all deserve a round of applause for that. We deserve a round of applause. We are not doing the NFL's bidding and hyping this game for two weeks. We're just not doing that. But it's time to turn the page. And I know we've been giving you exactly what you wanted Radio Row Week. The reason that radio stations pay big money to go to Las Vegas and interview all the biggest names. You want to bring everything back to the Houston Texans. And we've given you a lot of Texans content this week. But we got to talk about the teams that we hope the Houston Texans replace someday. In the AFC, you have the Kansas City Chiefs. They are still somehow two-point underdogs to the San Francisco 49ers. NFC champions. And here's the big question for today's show. What bandwagon are we supposed to jump on? Because this is a radio program that is very, very pro-bandwagoning. If you've 
are against that kind of mentality, you're doing it all wrong. Loyalty to a corporation that happens to share the same location as where you were born or where you live gives you the ability to jump on a bandwagon and celebrate a championship like it is your own, like you were on the field with those players or on the court or on the ice with those players who earned it. And we got to figure out the correct bandwagon to jump on, both from a rooting perspective, who's good, who's evil, and on top of that, from a who's winning perspective. And I think this is pretty easy. We're on the Chiefs bandwagon. And I know it's controversial to jump on the same bandwagon as that of Patrick Mahomes and a team that has won two Super Bowls over the last couple of years, possibly a dynasty, but you got to follow the strong. And you're allowed to jump on the bandwagon because guess what, guys? The Kansas City Chiefs are two-point underdogs in this game. As I've said before, it makes no sense to me, but the line has not changed. They're underdogs, so jumping on the bandwagon, you're rooting for the upset. Yes, on top of that, it might be some uh, mixed emotions on my end watching this game, seeing as Patrick Mahomes is chasing my Lord and Savior, Tom Brady. The Chiefs are chasing the New England Patriots as far as being a dynasty, but Mahomes is likable. He was asked a question on uh, opening night about the Chiefs being the villain. Here is what the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs had to say about that. I just like winning. If, if you win a lot and, and that causes you to be a villain, then I'm, I'm okay with it. But at the end of the day, I'm going to enjoy playing the game and try to win as much as possible. When you're jumping on a bandwagon, you're already going to be hated. So you may as well jump on the bandwagon of a villain. But I just like that he's all about winning. He doesn't care if people like him or hate him. And people, for the most part, do like him. Maybe they don't like his wife. Maybe they don't like his brother. Maybe they don't like his dad now, but they like Patrick Mahomes. Another reason to jump on the Chiefs bandwagon. This hasn't been talked about nearly enough this week. Love. Love found between two stars. Aren't you rooting for love? Don't you want to see Travis Kelsey do the most romantic thing a man can do? Propose after winning a Super Bowl and then going to Disney World on a vacation? Orlando, Florida, for a engagement moon. I believe in love. I'm jumping on the Chiefs bandwagon because I want Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey to survive. Whether it's Travis Swift going forward or Taylor Kelsey, you got to change the names. We can't be doing this 2024 BS double double last name stuff. Nope, we don't do that. We're old fashioned here on the Paul Galan Show. I believe in love. You know who else I believe in? I like Andy Reid, and it's going to be fun to watch all the Philadelphia Eagles fans who were so mean to Andy Reid during his time there. It's going to be fun to see those people look worse for the way that they treated him. And on top of that, you know, talking about that underdog mentality, that villain mindset that the Chiefs have, some Chiefs fans have been victimized. No, I'm not talking about the guy who was robbing all those banks. Sean, what was that guy's name? Remember him? Chiefsaholic. Chiefsaholic. But the wolf mask, yeah. He was Listen, awesome. I mean, he Free was... the homie. He was robbing the rich. To give to himself. <laughs> right, not to the poor. Who I assume eh, he might be poor. Although he did have Chiefs season tickets, so... 
and he uh, was traveling with the team to rob banks. Uh, but hey, he's taken from banks. Oh, oh, do we really mind? If, do we really if, care? If what I've seen from bank robberies and movies is accurate, and I have no reason to think it isn't, all your money is insured. You're just, fine. <laughs> it's it's just taken from the corporation. Just the corporation. So. Chiefs fan who's been victimized, he's not alone. Remember that nine-year-old kid that was wearing red face and black face? Unbelievable, right? That Deadspin decided to focus on and say, I can't believe a Chiefs fan is wearing black face to the game. Because he just showed one side of his face. The other side was red. It is weird that he was wearing black. I, I, like, let's be honest. Like, the Chiefs are red and gold. Red and gold would have made sense. Yeah, red, red and black. white would have also made sense. Exactly. Red white is kind of the third color. Exactly. Red... <laughs> Red and black didn't really make sense. He did have a black long sleeve shirt on underneath as we we're analyzing the wardrobe of a nine-year-old, which is very weird. But, hey, Deadspin went all in on this guy. He's suing them now. That came out yesterday. So, look, there's a lot of reasons to root for the Chiefs. There's also lots of reasons to root against the San Francisco 49ers. I'm going to start with just the whining that they've done this week. Oh, the practice field at UNLV is too soft. Shut up. Shut up. It's it's natural grass. Oh, now now natural grass isn't good enough for NFL players? Good God. More. Did you see this story in The Athletic? Kyle Shanahan is essentially operating as CEO of the San Francisco 49ers in a way that would make 1984 and Big Brother proud. Did you know that he watches and listens to discussions in rooms in the 49ers facility that he is not in? There is a piece in The Athletic. I guess his dad was doing this back in the day, Mike Shanahan with the Broncos, to a different extent. But you could have a team meeting, and you could say something that Kyle Shanahan doesn't like. And five minutes later, he walks down the hall, he busts in, and he says, No. I don't like this. There are literally cameras on them with microphones on them at all times. In this piece of The Athletic, Sean, quote, the majority of players and coaches interviewed for this story didn't find the cameras intrusive. Well, that's not everybody. It's the majority. That's not everybody. And a situation described by Trent Williams, Sean, as Big Brother. He laughingly compared it to Big Brother. But Kyle Shanahan is literally spying on his employees. I think I think it's the majority because 51% of 49ers staffers and uh, players looked around the room, looked over their shoulder, and said, Yeah, no, I have no problem with what Kyle Shanahan is doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> because if, you, if you're conditioned to think that he hears all, he sees all, of course, you're not going to tell the athletic that you're worried about it. <laughs> Great point. Next thing you know, point. Oh, here's here's Kyle Shanahan's Gestapo. Bam! You're yeah, fired. Exactly. Exactly. Right. He's probably got secret police if he's got cameras everywhere. It is. It is crazy that because Bill Belichick was also known for running like a pretty tight ship. Not not exact. Not Big Brother esque, but it it was like. You know, you kind of had to fall in line with the Patriot way. Yeah. And you can't say anything in interviews, all that. We all know that stuff. 
And it is funny that Kyle Shannon's like, you know what? Let's do that minus all the winning. This is worse than anything the Astros did, anything the Patriots did, anything Michigan did. Yeah, this is a violation of uh, personal rights. Right. For all we know, this Check is the, the toilets. I mean, exactly. This could be in the bathroom. This could be in the showers. Yeah, it's like Chuck Berry. And th- th- we're not done here, Sean, too. As far as reasons to not like the San Francisco 49ers. Now, this is going to sound like I'm licking the boot a little bit, but uh, NFL owners are not happy because the 49ers have gotten a lot of compensatory picks by serving as a pipeline for coaches and executives of color. Now, actually, that's that's probably a good that, thing. That is such an NFL owners thing to get mad about. <laughs> it is so funny. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> that's, that's like a, a, an Onion article about, about NFL owners. Truly. There's a, there's a Seth Wickersham article about it. And it's like, oh, wow, the 49ers, they keep on, they keep on creating good head coaches. Like, I don't what know, gives? Coach of the Year, D'Amico Ryans. Maybe Robert Saul is a bit of a bozo, but look, like the 49ers have had some good coaches go through there, and it's funny that NFL owners are mad, like, oh, they're bringing, they're getting too many compensatory picks because of the good coaches that they have. Honestly, you may as well reward that if you're if you're getting these guys up. So maybe that's not a reason, but I got something. I got a reason for you to really dislike the 49ers coming up because I'm just, I'm just not a fan of this guy. I'm officially out on him. This San Francisco 49ers player. Who am I talking about? You'll find out next. Paul Galancho, ESPN 97.592.5. First, though, let me tell you about my friends at Pendleton Whiskey. It's true Western tradition, baby. There's going to be a Super Bowl party on Sunday. John Granado's going to be there. I'm going to be there. Warehouse Live in Midtown. And you know what I'm going to be getting the whole time? My favorite. Pendleton Whiskey. One big rock. Two fingers. Mmm. Smooth, refreshing, not too sweet, aged in American oak barrels, cut with Mount Hood glacier water, made with the finest northern grains. And this, my friends, is a drink that was born from the Pendleton Roundup, one of the oldest rodeos in North America. It's keeping the spirit of the American West alive. And it's true Western tradition, it's true cowboy tradition, and it's just good stuff. So get yourself some Pendleton whiskey, true Western tradition, and unlock your inner cowboy. ESPN 975.com. Time to wake up. Hey, you are finally awake. You were trying to cross the border, right? Veritex Community Bank Studios. It's Paul Gallant. Join the conversation by dialing or texting 713-780-3776. I asked the question, what Super Bowl bandwagon should we jump on? I think the Chiefs are very easy to root for in this one. I laid out a couple of reasons, specifically Kyle Shanahan's big brother opera as to why it's easy to root against the 49ers, who are also making excuses about the practice field already. Did that last year when they lost to the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, we don't have Brock Purdy. Some comments. Junior Broncos says, nobody in San Francisco deserves happiness. Well, that's a bit mean, right? They're paying a lot for their little tiny box houses that are in the middle of all the trash that's floating through the streets. 
That was the last time I went there, 2019. There was trash everywhere. It's a beautiful city, but lots of trash. Now there's lots of homeless folks, unless there is a communist dictator joining the country, visiting the country. But whatever, that's neither here nor there. Here's another reason. I think Brock Purdy, who is a good quarterback, I just, I just think he's lame. Yeah, I said it. I think he's lame. I have audio evidence. Did you hear when asked by Reese Davis of ESPN what Brock Purdy had to say when asked this toughy of a question? And it's late in the fourth quarter. Are you prepared to disappoint Taylor Swift? Yes. That's it? Just just a yes? Also, you're talking about the most powerful woman in the world. And as a white knight, I stand with women. Brock Purdy. Sounds like he's against women. He's against the Swifties. And that's it? Yes? Not a hell yeah? Not a Iowa corn-fed heck yeah? That's all we get? Not a, like, yes, I want to win the Super Bowl? <laughs> like, 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 what kind of question is that, dude? Yeah, I want to win the Super Bowl. Who cares what that lady thinks? It's a bizarre question asked <laughs> by Reese Davis, if we're being perfectly honest. But Purdy doesn't help himself shake that game manager label because he's boring. He's just boring. And there's nothing wrong with being boring. But if you're asking me what bandwagon I'm rooting for in the Super Bowl, I'm not rooting for the kind of guy who gets offended by being compared to Alleged JFK assassin, Lee Harvey Oswald. Pictures of you and, and uh, Lee Harvey Oswald circling around the internet right now. People think you two look alike. Did you ever hear that before? I haven't. That's my first time hearing it. Yeah. What do you think about that comparison? Uh, Physical comparison. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think you should look it up. And What's wrong with looking like an assassin? John and Lance compared me to John Wilkes Booth. The person who killed the president who ended slavery. That That's problematic, isn't it? But guess who doesn't care? Me. I don't care. Because maybe I do look like him. If I had my mustache and perhaps more of an Edgar Allan Poe haircut or hair a little bit more similar to Sean Mapes behind the glass, maybe I would look a little bit like John Wilkes Booth. But whatever. It's kind of funny. Is, is Brock so offended by the idea of being compared to Lee Harvey Oswald because he knows deep down that, well, he can't do it all alone? You know? I mean, just, just uh, read the devil's chessboard, Alan Foster Dulles, if you want more information on that. But that's another example of Brock Purdy being kind of boring. And then this is the worst part. Did you hear Brock Purdy? quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers and his half-assed SpongeBob SquarePants impersonation, this is a crime against my childhood and innocence. Can you give us your best SpongeBob impression? Yeah. I'll try. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was great. It was not great. Those children are wrong, and they should be banned from the NFL premise forever. <laughs> that is more of a SpongeBob laugh. And Brock Purdy, boring 
boring human being is somebody that I cannot endorse for Super Bowl 58. I am firmly on the bandwagon of the Kansas City Chiefs. Some people are going to say, Paul, you're a front-running you-know-what. We don't like you because of that. But, hey, I'm honest, and I'm jumping on the Chiefs bandwagon because eh, San Francisco 49ers, eh, you know? Just like Brock Purdy. I'm quoting him there. That's what he does. Makes cat noises. And then he tries to throw interceptions and end the game for the San Francisco 49ers. But for whatever reason, we're seriously having conversations about whether or not Brock Purdy is elite. That's actually happened. I I had to clean off my ski goggles this past Friday, taking a look on the television and saying, wait, we're having having elite conversations again. That happened in 2012. I thought we were done. I I thought the Joe Flacco era ended it. By the way, Joe Flacco was not elite. Anyway, I'm rooting for the Chiefs in this Super Bowl. That's who I'm going for. They're underdogs. It's cool to jump on the bandwagon. I like Patrick Mahomes, and I believe in the love between Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. A couple of comments here are suggesting that Paul, Paul, rooting for the Chiefs is rooting for Joe Biden. And vaccines, I guess, because of Travis Kelsey Association. No, no, no. Don't think about it that far. Don't think about it that far. Because if the San Francisco 49ers had their way, Sean Mapes, Kyle Shanahan would be in your home monitoring everything you say and everything that you do. And we just can't have that. Yeah. Not in our America. Also, have we, have we fully walked out the logic of rooting for San Francisco because you want to stick it to liberals? Have we? Have we? <laughs> Right. Have we really thought about that one? No. <laughs> like, like, what are we talking about? Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's... Like, A, that's a stupid way to live your life. But B, <laughs> B, what are we doing here? Like, what... I mean, you you went on the little tangent at the start of the segment about... Yeah. <laughs> like, what are we talking about? I, I don't know. What What are we ever talking about when you yeah. really think about yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> Fox News wants you to root for San Francisco to win the football game. <laughs> right. To be the best football players in the world is home is home is find their home. That, that is really funny. It's like finding a political way to to, to root in the Super Bowl. It's the Bowl. most brain dead thing imaginable. Listen, Sean said it. I didn't. It, <laughs> I'm yes, with, I did. I'm, <laughs> you are brain dead if you let politics into sports. <laughs> there's there's nothing wrong with letting a little politics into sports, Sean. You know? Mix it all together. What's wrong with that? There's nothing. No, you're right. There's nothing wrong with being the stupidest person imaginable. <laughs> there we go. Uh, we got some comments here on the most interactive sports talk show in Houston. Uh, someone comments, Paul, word around the campfire is that you were choking on something down your throat on television today. That's right. And I had remnants of liquid on my mouth. That's right. I chugged uh, uh, cold press at uh, Adair's Kitchen over on Buffalo Speedway. Great place. Good coffee. Let's add some... Uh, Eggs and avocado. It was great. It's on TV. I'll, I'll, post, I'll post a video of it later. Housed it. Looked like a vampire. There's like blood dribbling from my chin because it, uh, it was a pink juice. <laughs> anyway, hey, uh, more comments here on the most interactive sports talk show in Houston from the 832. Paul, you're a Taylor Swift shill. Go 49ers. No, I'm not a shill for Taylor Swift. I'm a shill for ratings. I have to feed my cat. From the 832, another text. On Brock Purdy. Nice guys don't finish last. Boring guys do. Yes, that's so true. Boring people finish last. Or at least they should. But then again, Mike Greenberg is the star of ESPN. So what are we talking about? Here? Well, no, being boring in media is different. You know, 
That's what you want out of someone. <laughs> you want a boring media person. But a fun football player. The irony. Now, I do think that Brock, the discourse around Brock Purdy would be different if he was... <laughs> If he, if, if he was fun, if he was yeah. more like Gardner Minshew, one hundred percent, or just like if he was Baker Mayfield, if he if he had I the agree. personality of Johnny Manziel, yeah, so much, no one would call him a game manager. They wouldn't, they wouldn't. If he just had a different personality, he doesn't play like a game manager. No, that's why he's reckless. <laughs> he's just boring. He's so boring and cool. Again, you can't control who you are, but I'm, I'm just. I can't root for that. No, he needs to get a tattoo. He can control that. Ooh, what kind of tattoo? Just like a teardrop. Yeah. Or, or I was thinking like a giant sleeve or something. Okay. Maybe, like maybe some snakes or scorpions. How about, how about a teardrop for every dropped interception in these playoffs? So we'd have like he'd be four. Running out of faith. Yeah. Well, he'd, look, to his chin. he'd look hard, though. I mean, you wouldn't want to mess with them. That's for sure. Paul Galacho, ESB at 97.5 and 92.5. Raz, it says it would be cool to see a Mr. Irrelevant win the Super Bowl. No, it wouldn't. No. I don't want to hear the comparisons to Tom Brady. That's the comparison I'm more annoyed by. Patrick Mahomes being compared to Tom Brady, that is fair. Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, at least he's good. Forced Purdy <laughs> conversations, forced comparisons to Tom Brady, I'll kill someone. I really will. And then the 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 joke every year that will get beaten to the ground because they'll tell it for 25 straight years. Every 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 Mr. Irrelevant will be, well, you know, Brock Purdy was a Mr. Irrelevant, so you never know. <laughs> oh, yeah. don't, don't even don't it's even. It's like, do no, <laughs> I know. This guy won't be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, another text says, I'm scared to venture outside the loop. No, I'm lazy to venture outside the loop. I don't know what that has to do with this conversation. but We're outside the loop right now. That's true. We are. T- well, wait, hang on. Isn't the Beltway the loop? Isn't 8 or 610 the loop? 610 the loop. I thought that the, the, the 8 was the loop loop. And then 610 the loop in the loop. Okay, whatever. <laughs> this is the most boring conversation. Possible. I'm Brock Purdy in radio right now. Paul Galacho, ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Sean with some zingers today. Up next, 10-minute drill. In the 10-minute drill. Damn, Jameis Winston rules. That's all I got. Stick around. ESPN 97.5, because every day is Children's Day. It was a baby. She smothered her own baby. <laughs> We're ready for some football, baby. Tackling the biggest issues in the NFL. This just in. Here's the 10-minute drill with Paul Gallant. Football time. Most interactive sports talk show in Houston. A couple of comments about Brock Purdy, who I just think is boring. Not even as a player. He's just a boring person. And cool, you're Mr. Irrelevant. But let's, let's add a little more flavor. Because the guy plays with some balls. He's pretty aggressive. Honestly, at times, too aggressive. He can move with his feet. He's a good quarterback. He's better than anything that the Houston Texans had post to Sean Watson by a wide margin. That's for damn sure. If the Texans did not find C.J. Stroud, I bet that we would be having conversations this week about, hey, would you take Brock Purdy? Yeah, uh, Brock Purdy is basically is basically Matt Schaub. Like he's like a little bit, a little bit more mobile, but more every mobile. every quarterback now is more mobile than they were fifteen that, years ago. That's a that's a good point. Uh, so. You know, that that's just kind of built into the era. And that makes sense and because San Francisco 49ers fans are talking him up to a level that he's not at where they're saying he's yeah. elite, kind of like we did in 2011. The forgotten elite conversation was, is Matt Shop elite? Yeah. It happened here in Houston. It was a serious conversation. I remember I came down here and I was like, what are you smoking? <laughs> what are we talking about? What are you doing? Like, there's Tom Brady and there's Matt Shop. <laughs> you're, you're really trying to do that? 
I don't even think Drew Brees is good. Oh, what are man. you talking about, yeah. <laughs> Matt Schaub? I, I was a little bit too militant with my with my Patriots homers and when I first moved down here, and some would argue I still am, but the, the people that were saying in 2011 and 2012 that the Texans had a chance against the Patriots were effing idiots. Idiots, all of yeah. you. And you should you should be shamed still for believing that they had a chance. But like, but like the San Francisco 49ers... It was really less about Matt Schaub, or Matt Schaub was good, was right. good at running the offense that got Andre Johnson and yes. Arian Foster the ball. Yes, they had Dwayne Brown, kind of your stand-in for Trent Williams. Yes. Not as good as Trent Williams, but just stand-in for Trent Williams. Uh, and then they just didn't have a Kittle, I guess Owen Daniels, but they they really were just like a B plus version of what the 49ers are. Exactly, less skill players. It's it's crazy that in 2013 they got DeAndre Hopkins, and that's where yeah. everything. Goes completely off you, the rails. You ruined it. They finally had the good yeah. second receiver. No offense to Kevin Walter and some of the other guys, Jacoby Jones. But, I mean, oh, my God. You had a couple of years where you had Andre Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins. But it was really just 2014, essentially, where you saw the two, like, crushing it together. And then that's it for Andre Johnson. He goes elsewhere in uh, in 2015. He goes to the Colts, I believe, was where he went to. Um, Hey, guys. Let's go around the NFL, but first, a couple of comments that I wanted to read about Brock Purdy. If Brock Purdy did Zinn, asks a texter, would he not be boring anymore? Literally just do anything. Get a mustache. Go Gardner Minshew. Uh, uh, Eric the Driver says, if Purdy had the same skill level, but the personality of Jameis, he would be the most likable quarterback in the league next to CJ. Well, while we're on that, Jameis Winston, who, yes, has done some questionable things in the past. I'm not talking about the crab legs. I'm not talking about the bleeper writing the bleep that he did while standing on the table or the paintball gun stuff. I'm talking about the Uber incident. But the man is entertaining when he speaks. Here is Jameis Winston on the Pardon My Take podcast explaining the origin of eating W's. Can we talk about eating a dub? Yes, let's talk about it. Oh. You got one up there. That looks good. That looks like a good dub. You want to eat it? Put it in the oven a little bit more. <laughs> How long have you been eating dubs? I've been eating W's, uh, you know, since the beginning. Uh, it, it started a long, long time ago, and that's because my last name is W. And the, the first four letters of my last name spells out wins. Yep. So fact check me. It's probably <laughs> right on Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is he being serious? Is he messing around? This is the best part. I, I don't know if Jameis Winston is a bit. I think he is authentic, but that is an amazing way to say, well, I started eating W's because the first four letters of my last name are wins. Yeah. I had to think about it. I was like, yeah. It is correct. Sure is. Uh, the first three letters of my last name are gal. Some would say I'm effeminate. Hmm. Makes sense. The first three letters of my name is map. Are you a map to radio success for me? Some would say yes. Hmm. Keeping me on track. Oh, okay. Get it? Yeah, I got it. Yeah, it was a. We were reaching. I, I, like, further, how, further. I like how mine is really to benefit you some more. Yeah, it's an insight in how Paul works. Well, that's I use people. That's for sure. Hey, at least at least I'm just using you. You know, and uh, like you know, trying to make the Paul Galucci the best show possibly can be. Kind of way. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Sean's like, that's not how that read. I hate you. <laughs> that's the, you said the map to your success. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's no we in there. No, there's me. It's yeah. it's it's the me, 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 me life. Uh, more Jameis Winston. He talks about trying to sell his teammates on eating W's, and unfortunately, while he's with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the time, Deshaun Jackson was the first person that he tried to uh, 
sell this to? I think it went it went left when I started actually eating the W. <laughs> yes, I agree. And when I ate the real W, uh-huh. and then proceeded to dap up Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was the worst person to dap up <laughs> because Deshaun from Cali, he already a Hall of Famer. First, he don't got no time for no eat the W's. He just, he looking like, give me some touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> give me the ball, Jameis. Like, hey, worry about no eat the W. And when I tried to dap him up, in the eye contact we made, <laughs> doing that, I think it was a powerful speech. It really it was. Yeah. Man, I was banged up. You know, I had a grade three AC sprain. You know, I'm, I'm going in. I'm fighting. I'm fighting that. Like, and, and, and we've been losing. I'm just, I'm, how are we going to wheel this team to get a win in the Superdome? My, my, first, my first NFL win was against Drew Brees and beating the Saints in the Superdome. So I'm just like, I got good vibes here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we didn't win that game. But <laughs> it was powerful. I love the last part. Well, we didn't win that game. <laughs> He's funny, man. I, I I I still have not listened to that whole interview. I've only seen a couple of clips from it. Looking forward to listening to that. That's on part of my take. Continuing to go around the NFL. I'm not going to lie. I do love a diva wide receiver, especially when said diva wide receiver isn't good. Kadarius Tony made some headlines for going on Instagram Live, I believe during the AFC Championship or before the AFC Championship, explaining that the reason that he wasn't playing had nothing to do with an injury. It was because the Chiefs did it on purpose, which everyone knew already. Yeah, and everyone's like, yeah, dude, that makes you look worse. It went without saying. (laughs) Because now you're a healthy scratch. Exactly. (laughs) He didn't need to further confirm what everybody was thinking in the back of his head. So at opening night, a reporter caught up with Kadarius Tony, who believes that he still can be a number one wide receiver in the NFL. You're number one receiver in this league? Yeah, if I get it. Yeah, if I get the ball, yeah. <laughs> Gotta love it, man. Gotta love it. You know I had to ask, man. Last one, and then I'll let you go. What would it mean to leave this game a world champion? It mean everything to me. I don't know. I think being a number one Kadarius wide receiver, That's- it matters a little bit more to Kadarius Tony, who just called himself Kadarius Tony in the middle of that club. He's already a Super Bowl champion. That's true. He like caught a pass to win the Super Bowl. Also, true. This is just bad, bad question. <laughs> like he's he's really already kind of done it all, which is a very funny thing to think about. Kadarius Tony being like, yeah, he's already kind of reached the mountaintop. <laughs> like, he he has, and and also he has made the Chiefs underdogs in this Super Bowl with a couple of drops. <laughs> that re- that really is true. If if he like two catches, that's it. They they have thirteen wins. With two catches, and they or, might be the one seed. Or he just lines up two feet yep. farther back on, yep. against the Bills, and they yep. probably win that one. Yep. Yeah. It's nuts. But, hey, uh, Kadarius Tony also uh, talked about his Instagram Live. This is his side. Kadarius Tony's side of the story. Yeah, it kind of started that, but I, in the process of that, I get interrupted. So it got like a mixed message behind it, I guess you could say. And then a lot of footage got chopped up in the release. So it made it like I was attacking the one I love the most, like I made in the post. And I was saying, I was referring to. Uh, I never attacked the Chiefs, never said anything about the Chiefs. Who I was referring to was the Giant fans or whatever people in my comment, you know what I'm saying, my comment box, not even on my live recording. So you wouldn't even know they were there. 
but I was referring to them, which I shouldn't have. I, I just wanted to go out there. I feel like how you say get my message across as far as my injury, but I shouldn't have did that. At the end of the day, uh, I'm, a, I'm a man. At the end of the day, I can uh, I can accept my mistakes just like I accept my wins, you know. But um, I'm just moving past that right now. You know, we're here now. You can't move past it when you spend like the first 30 seconds making excuses and then saying, "But I am a man, and I did do that on my own." Also, the so he was talking about. Giants fans in his mentions, but you know he's a man. He's here now. <laughs> like, like it is very funny. He's that- so living in the past. If he is still concerned about what Giants fans, who yes have two Super Bowl victories, but have been a loser franchise for much of the last decade, you really care what Giants fans have to say when you play for the Chiefs? I mean, this yeah. is. Easy target, Sean. Lion does not concern himself with the opinion of sheep. Yeah, exactly. Use that one. Kadarius Tony, I I need you to watch season three, four, and five of uh, Game of Thrones. No, a little uh, time with Lannister in your life. Yeah. No, the uh, I do understand, though, that Giant, Giants fans, because they're such a loser franchise since 2015, they haven't made the playoffs, that they they really are like... Well, they didn't get in there more, last year, but they got smoked, right. Yeah, exactly. And they lost by 40. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> Brian Dable. Love, love I'm just, that guy. I'm just doing it for the well, actually. I forgot about Coach of the Year, Brian Dable, <laughs> yeah. losing by 40 in the, in the playoffs. And getting a shouting match with Wink Martindale. Yes. And like a mini coup in the Giants. Now it seems like it's falling apart, yes, already. Honestly, <laughs> falling apart almost as quickly as the Jets, but not being reported on, which maybe is a fair yeah. point made by Robert Sala. Anyway, continue, Sean. Uh, Talking about Giants fans, yeah, I, I do get that they they get because they're New York fans, so they're they are the worst, yeah. and they get hung up on like I, I can imagine that they see Kadarius Tony as like uh, a scapegoat for them because he was a first round pick that was only on the team for two years, right, right. and then he immediately wins a Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a key part to win the Super Bowl. So I I can I can see why they're probably they probably are still in his mentions. Doesn't mean you should concern yourself with the opinions of them. No, exactly. Just ignore it. It's social Shout media. The there's, 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 I, might, I might rewatch Game of Thrones. I, I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it. Run through number eight, but stopping after the loot train battle in season seven. That's okay. where you gotta wrap it up. He is Sean Mapes. I'm Paul Gallant. It's the Paul Gallant Show. ESPN 97.5, 92.5. Up next, highlights from yesterday's Astros Jose Altuve contract announcement press conference and good news for an Astro that honestly needs to play a lot more this coming season. Paul Galancho, ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. How many times am I going to tell you about the line for this game? The big old game, Sunday in Vegas. The Chiefs are two-point dogs. I really feel like I'm taking crazy pills. And I, and I feel like this is just such an obvious play. MyBookie.ag, promo code BET975 for an awesome deposit bonus. We're going to go through some of the props on tomorrow's show, but just look at this game. And please explain to me how the Chiefs, who have the better quarterback, who doesn't make mistakes, who have a great tight end, who have an underrated running back, who have... An elite defense with great defensive backs. Please explain to me how that team is an underdog against a team quarterback by Brock Purdy who has not played very well these playoffs. With a defensive line that has not looked very good 
this season. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how they're two-point dogs. MyBookie.ag. You can also bet on the NBA, college basketball. You can even gamble with little card games online with live dealers. It's MyBookie.ag. Promo code BET975. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere only with MyBookie.ag. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Pump it up. Come on, Digna. It's too small for the both of us. No, it isn't. Jump on, man. I'll give you a pump. Back to the Paul Gallant Show. Coming to you live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. A lot of Super Bowl talk today. Paul Galancho live by Radio Row in Las Vegas, Nevada before Super Bowl 58. We are in a bathroom stall. A little smellier today. Low-key wish I had COVID so I couldn't smell anything. It's fine. We work through the smell, through the pain. We work hard on this show. But we have talked a lot about the Super Bowl today. Yesterday, a big day in Houston sports. It was Jose Altuve Day, 2-7. Today, we are five days away from Astros pitchers and catchers reporting to West Palm Beach for spring training. Give me that trom. Bone, baby. It's always Astros time in Houston. Are you ready to play? A lot of people were wondering what it was going to be like if the Astros didn't win the division. I guess we'll never know. We're counting you down to the Astros pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training in West Palm Beach. Number five, Astros Hall of Famer Jeff Bagwell, who did this. To my once hometown team and his hometown team. There's a drive way back in the left. Bagwell has gone deep in his boyhood dream. And I mean, it was way up over the green monster. Oh, does that feel good to him rounding those bases at Fenway Park? So a little Walter Mitty on this. That's exactly what Jeff Bagwell's going through right now. He's having a lot of thoughts, I can guarantee you, going through in his, his head. All those dreams as a kid and a chance to come back here and launch one over the monster. His dad brought him here so many times. Then he, the dream of being drafted for the Red Sox came true out of college. Broken hearted when he was traded to Houston. Not broken hearted anymore. What a wonderful career he's had as an Astro. His number five is retired. He is in the Baseball Hall of Fame, the Astros Hall of Fame, four-time All-Star, 1994 National League MVP, won a gold glove that year, Rookie of the Year in 91, three Silver Sluggers, played for the Astros from 91 through 2005 his entire career, hitting 449 home runs along the way. Obviously, Jose Altuve is the greatest Astro of all time. I would argue that Jeff Bagwell is the second best Astro of all time. I think he was better than Craig Biggio. Nothing against Craig Biggio, but Bagwell was a fearsome hitter at the plate with that wide stance that he had. 
learning that he grew up in Boston, Massachusetts is pretty interesting. I did not know that. He lived in Connecticut after a divorce and stuff, too. And that's why he went to Hartford to go play his college baseball. But it's crazy that the Red Sox drafted him. And these bozos traded him to the Astros. And, of course, sort of like Jordan Alvarez in that Josh Fields trade coming from the Dodgers to the Astros. I think the Red Sox, who did have some good first basemen, Mo Vaughn, David Ortiz eventually, although he didn't really play a lot of first base. I'm sure that they would have loved a little bit of Jeff Bagwell in their lives during the 90s. Oh, yeah, 100%. I'm sure I'm sure the tweet that announced that Jeff Bagwell has been traded uh, got put on T-shirts back in, whatever, 1990. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 1990 yeah. or whenever he got dude. I, I hate the Yawkey family. What the hell are they doing? Yeah, but he he really was. I mean, all you mentioned the batting stance. All-time try it in the backyard yes. and be like, how the hell does he hit 95-mile-per-hour pitching like with his body in this position? I, I feel like you would have hip issues if you're constantly sitting in the stands the way they did. Or his, knees. Or your entire bottom half should, should be right. His legs were so wide apart. It doesn't make sense. But that's our countdown for today. Highlights from yesterday's Jose Altuve contract announcement press conference. He said that he considers Houston his home, that he, when he first came up with the Astros in 2011 wearing the brick red, that they told him he was only going to be second baseman for a little bit of time. And, of course, he turns into the greatest player in this franchise's history. But we also heard from Scott Boris, the agent of Jose Altuve, who's also the agent of Alex Bregman. Per Boris, Bregman is, quote, open to hearing what the Astros have to say but he has more of a normal free season, uh, free agency dynamic than Jose Altuve, which is not surprising because he's he's younger and because he's American-born. I, I do think that it's it's a little bit different if you were born in the States versus born in a country like Venezuela or Cuba and coming here as far as what you are looking for from a financial perspective. Is that right? Is it wrong? I don't know in terms of like morally what is and what isn't. I just know that that is definitely a factor. So... We'll see if they're able to offer him. I said yesterday, if Jim Crane is saying that the window is open as long as he is here, that the Astros at the very least have to make some sort of creative play at keeping Bregman around. That doesn't mean probably long-term deal, and I'm sure some team will offer him a long-term deal. But I would try to get creative and offer a short-term deal with a lot of money and see if he sticks around because you got to keep this thing going as long as you possibly can. And if you let Bregman walk, who's replacing him? But also we had some good news yesterday because Mauricio Dubon, Everything is okay and hunky-dory. He won his arbitration case against the Houston Astros. He'll get $3.5 million this coming season. Dubon needs to be a starter. And it's weird that as things currently stand going into next season that we've heard from Joe Espada, from Dana Brown, that Jake Myers is seemingly getting the first crack at center field. And okay, Dubon's your super utility. He can play a bunch of different positions. But how about he be, he's the super utility if injuries happen? How about that's when you decide to move him all over the place? I mean, this is Justin Verlander's personal center fielder. I don't know if that's going to stay in a post-Dusty Baker, post-Martin Maldonado uh, era of Astros baseball. But Dubon should be playing on a regular basis after what he did last season for the majority of the regular season, obviously cooled off down the stretch, and what he did in the postseason. He was a more regular contributor in the postseason than you definitely expected. You need more Mauricio Dubon in the lineup. He earned it. Just like Chaz McCormick with his performance 
in 2022, earned more playing time in 2023, which was a point of contention early in the year. Dubon's done the same thing. If you earn things on the diamond, you should be able to keep that spot, especially over an 162-game season, until someone plays better than you. And going into the next year, do we really need to have like a battle between Myers and Dubon? We know that Dubon's better. Dubon's just a better player. Myers isn't even that good of a fielder, you know? You, you would think that there would be something that Myers has on, on Mauricio Dubon. I, I truly do not know what it is. Dubon's a better contact hitter. Dubon's better on the base paths. <laughs> Dubon's a better fielder. What, what are we doing? I don't get it. I don't get it, but hey, Dubon's back in the fold. $3.5 million, considering what he gave you last year, is a bargain, especially compared with the likes of, you know, Rafael Montero. And at times, Jose Abreu. So there you go, guys. There you go. That's going to wrap up our Astros countdown today, February 8th, 2024. We're five days away from pitchers and catchers reporting. Coming up next, this is a general sports question that I have. The Super Bowl is on Sunday. And after that, we are diving into a world without football. But I want to know, in football and in all the other sports, what are the biggest problems for you, the viewer, the watcher, in sports these days? What are the biggest problems? 713-780-3776 to call in to text it. I actually put together a list based off of some stories over the last couple of days. My big issues with sports in 2024. Stick around. It's the Paul Gallant Show. ESPN 97.5 on YouTube. Dog Show. How much weight do you think I could bench press? Just make a guess. Ballpark figure. <laughs> 